Hello, this is Gary Van Wormerdam from pathwaytohappiness.com. I want to give you a little background on how to measure progress because as you want to make these changes, you want to measure it accurately. And what your mind is probably going to do, based on oh, many people I talk to and my own experience, your mind is going to measure it inaccurately. Your judge is going to have this specific kind of voice of the scorekeeper, and it's going to tell you how you're doing. And it's basically going to tell you that you're screwing up, you're not doing enough, you're not doing it right, you should just quit, it's not going to work for you, um, you're not practicing as much as you should, you should be getting more results than you are. Basically, it's not very positive. I'm going to start with the story. It's the story in five chapters. It's from probably some Chinese proverb, Zen teaching. And it will help you kind of condense this whole lesson and remember the story. So it's progress in five chapters. And chapter one, I'm going down the road. There's a big hole in the road. It's deep. It's dark. I don't see it. I fall right in. I'm there a long time. I'm hurt. I'm angry about the hole in the road. I'm angry about nobody pointing it out to me. Nobody putting up guardrails to it. I'm angry because I was so stupid to fall in the hole. I complain a lot. I blame a lot. I spend a lot of energy on that. It takes me a long time to get out. Nobody comes to help me. I finally get out. I'm pissed. I continue down the road. Chapter 2. I'm going down the road. It's the same road. There's a big hole in the road. Big, deep, dark hole. I don't see it. I fall right in. I've been here before. I'm kind of upset. I spend a little time being pissed off. But I don't complain. I know where I am. I work to get out. I get out pretty quickly. Chapter 3. I'm going down a road. It's the same road. There's this big dark hole in it. I see it. I step right into the hole. I know exactly what I want to do, but I can't help myself. It's a habit. I'm in this deep dark hole. I laugh at myself. Okay, I'm here. I don't bother complaining. I'm responsible for where I am. I spend my energy on getting out. I get out. Chapter 4. I'm walking down the same road. There's a big dark hole in the road. It's deep. I know where it is. I know what's in there. I see it coming as I'm going down the road. I can see it in advance. I have enough awareness. I walk around the hole. Continue on my way. Save a lot of time and energy. Chapter 5. I take a different road. This is a summary of normal learning. We make mistakes. We make them over and over. We learn faster how to change them. And we go on. Now, 
One of the voices in our head, it'll sound like the judge, if you're familiar when I talk about that judge, is that inner critic. There's a specific component, I'll call it the scorekeeper, and it tells us how we're doing. And it's generally telling us we're doing a really terrible job. When in fact, the scorekeeper doesn't know about this process, it doesn't know what it takes to change the mind, it doesn't know what it takes to build new neural pathways of thought, of emotional responses, of interpretation, what it takes to find a belief system, uproot it, and replace it with a new one. It has no idea what's involved in that process whatsoever, but somehow it believes it has this great wisdom to tell you how well you're doing it when it's never done this before. And you'll notice it generally tells you you're doing a bad job, or it only tells you you're doing a bad job. That's probably a liar. It's stuck in a groove it can't get out of. Give you an example of real life learning versus what the scorekeeper says. And this was actually a client of mine. Pretty bright, successful guy. Split up with his wife. He was pretty upset about it. Background to the stories, kind of irrelevant. But he's very angry. It's a lot of emotions coming out. His whole world's been turned upside down. She moves out, and one day he's so angry, he's at her front door and he's pounding on the door. And she calls him and she's saying, you gotta go, I'm gonna call the cops. He's not interested in getting a restraining order. He gets a hold of himself enough to get in his car and drive away. So that's baseline. That's his baseline where his emotions and his mind is just taking him for that ride and he's that far out of control. And he can look at it afterwards and really berate himself. But the success part was he didn't have to go to the point where the cops showed up. So was it failure or success? Well, you know, the next week or a few days later, he's angry again. And he drives over to the house, but he doesn't get out of the car this time. He sits outside for a while and he's fuming. He drives away. Now, the scorekeeper will say, oh, you lost control of yourself. You shouldn't have even driven over there. You're, you're out of control. You're such a loser. In reality, he did better than last time. That's success. Now, maybe he did that another five or ten times. But each time, he didn't get out of the car. Now, the scorekeeper will say it's failure. But you could say it's success kind of arbitrary, isn't it? And then after a while, he gets angry and he doesn't drive over there. He's got all his raging thoughts in his head, but he doesn't drive over there. And the scorekeeper will tell him he's failing because he's got angry thoughts in his head and he's got all the emotion. But another side of the story is success because he changed his behavior, changed his routine, and didn't let those thoughts carry him into that behavior and drive to her house. He was able to change his behavior, but the scorekeeper only sees the failure. That's where it's lying. It's a lousy scorekeeper. It's not looking at anything that he's doing differently. It has this image of perfection of how he's supposed to be and not looking at progress. Against that image of perfection that he should be all enlightened and not be bothered by this emotionally, 
Of course, by that standard, he's failing, but he's working towards it. He's making progress. The scorekeeper doesn't measure progress. It only measures perfection. You're there or you're not. If you're there, you're success. If you're not there at any level, you're failing. So the next time they're on the phone, they're negotiating whatever financial settlement or sharing the kids, time between the, their schedules, and he gets upset and he wants to get angry. And he gets angry because he's out of because his belief system is still running him. But he doesn't say anything. He doesn't let those words come out of her mouth. He doesn't become passive aggressive. His behavior, uh, he's angry, but he refrains. And the scorekeeper says he's failing, doesn't look at the success that he was able to refrain. And the next time, he's practicing releasing the emotions, he's practicing writing through this certain exercises. He's able to rele release all that anger in a few minutes instead of what would boil him up for a couple days. He releases it in a few minutes. He's the other side of it. It's like, okay, I let it go. But the scorekeeper, who's a liar, says he failed because, oh, you shouldn't have had any reaction at all. Never mind the fact that he moved through the emotion in five minutes instead of three days. Never mind the fact that Hey, he's able to take care of himself. He's not acting it out in passive-aggressive behavior, and he's not pounding on her door that's ending up with a restraining order. Forget that progress. The scorekeeper hasn't noticed any of that. It only sees failure. Because the scorekeeper is basically stupid. And when he's able to dissipate all the emotion, and he doesn't even have an emotional reaction, but he's got thoughts that are kind of negative, but there's no emotion with it. The scorekeeper says, oh, you're failing. You shouldn't even have negative thoughts. Here's a huge amount of progress. And the scorekeeper is finding a little detail and say, that's a total failure. As if there's only success and failure, and this still qualifies as a total failure. That's a ridiculous standard. And this is how real progress happens. Go from being out of control to partial control to mostly control to having control sooner and sooner and to being outside the story sooner until you're having it an awareness in real time and you can refrain. And then you have that gap where you're the observer of the thoughts and you don't have to believe the thoughts. So you kind of develop all these little changes in the neural pathways of your brain and how you watch these reactions and refrain from acting on them, and you dissipate the emotions faster, and you build new neural pathways, and that's progress. That's how you get out of the hole faster and see it sooner and can avoid it. But you generally fall in multiple times before you're able to do that. This is progress. Okay, and we get into some of the ways of measuring this judge and dissipating this judge in the program. And we get really specific about this image of perfection in the phase two of the self-mastery series. You can kind of get an idea here of how it distorts self-measurement and really puts oneself down into the victim state of failure when you're actually making progress. And you're focusing on what you're not doing or haven't accomplished instead of what actually has happened that's changed. So you have to consciously work to remind yourself what's changed and what are the success points. 
versus letting the scorekeeper, the judge, point out what isn't going right or what haven't you changed yet. So if you let that scorekeeper focus your attention, you're going to be victimized by it. And it's going to feel like a failure, feel unworthy, feel like you're not doing enough, uh, things aren't working, give up. And so it leads to self-sabotage when you stop making efforts. If you aren't on guard and aware of how the scorekeeper is distorting what progress really is. Progress involves falling in the hole a few times before you get to see it ahead of time soon enough and not fall in. Progress involves falling in and learning not to complain or blame as much or spend as much time there. That's progress. Yeah, you fall in the hole, but if you didn't spend as long there, that's progress. Think of this as learning skills. It's mindfulness. You have to build new neural pathways. It takes 30, 40 days, generally. It could be faster. You have to create new emotional experiences. You have to teach your brain to interpret the same thing happening, interpret it in a different way, to have a different response. Have you ever done that before? No, this is new. You're even learning how to do that, how to interpret something differently, how to train your mind to give a different interpretation to things or not to believe the one that it currently automatically responds with, which may be judgment, victimization, fear, what have you. These are automated responses. So it takes training, retraining that nervous system, emotional response and mind. And you're really training different neural pathways to fire. So practice. Think of it as a skill like golf, like dancing, playing an instrument, learning a language. These are things where you've built new neural pathways of learning. It has nothing to do with having new information. If it's a matter of just memorizing, okay, the circumference of the earth is 22,386 miles. Remembering information, data, is not the same as building a different response. So you might have all the information from a book, might have all the information from my book, a hundred books, but if you haven't built a different response, you have the same emotional reaction, behavior. So changing that is different than just having information. You have to build a habit. So how long would it take you to learn a language? How long, how many dance lessons before you can go do the cha-cha or the tango or the salsa? And think about going doing a dance step. You see the instructor do it. It looks simple. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight steps. But does your body know how to move that way yet to the music? No. Does it know how much tension or pressure to put in your hand? Does it know the weight shifts in your hips? No. You gotta train muscle memory. You gotta train it so it's automatic so you can actually pay attention to other things with the music and your partner. So the movements are automatic. You don't have to think about it. how long that take. How many times are you gonna do that dance step where you have to really consciously pay attention to your left foot till you get it right? Pay attention to your right foot, you get it right. Pay attention to your shoulders, your hand movement, your head turn, your balance, what your partner's doing, the lead you're giving or getting. 
How many times you got to pay attention to those, each one of those individual signals, get the feedback, integrate it multiple times before you're smooth at it. You're going to fumble. You're not going to fall down dancing, hopefully. But it's going to be awkward until it's less awkward, until it's only a little bit conscious about what you're doing, until it's automatic and it's unconscious and it's smooth. Same with a guitar. You have to consciously pay attention just to get your finger to move to a chord or you're learning to play the piano, which finger, and you're really consciously moving that muscle until you do it about a hundred times and it's automatic. I was talking to a woman and we, I gave this assignment to this group and I said, go dream and reimagine what it is you learned in your adult life. Because you don't remember the early stuff you learned how to ride a bicycle or read and write or language. You don't remember that. You don't know how you learned. Did all that repetition as a kid. You failed thousands of times in, in math and spelling and language. Falling down, learning to walk. You failed all the time, but we don't remember. So she moved to the U.S. when she was a teenager, about 14. She didn't speak English. She had to learn English. She says, what did it take? She remembers sitting there with her pencil and writing letters. That's the basic thing of writing letters. That's learning a language. The most basic, focused thing it doesn't come automatically. It doesn't, you're not able to speak it automatically. You're, you have to build those neural pathways. You're growing a new mind, a different mind. Your scorekeeper doesn't know that. It's lying to you about what it takes, lying to you about how long it'll take. It's lying to you about you screwing up and not getting it right. Can you imagine that woman, 14-year-old, sitting there writing letters and a voice in her head saying, oh, you're screwing it up, you're not getting it right, you'll never get this language, and you'll... You know, you're not working hard enough and you should just quit. No. She's doing what it takes. Somebody playing the piano, learning to dance and making mistake after mistake, going, oh, okay, I see what I did there. All right, that helped you learn. Hitting a golf shot poorly is a helpful way to get better if you pay attention and you learn how you hit it poorly and say, okay, I saw what I did there. I can make that adjustment. You say the phrase wrong in a language. You're like, oh, you say it this way. Okay. Yeah, you fall in a little tiny hole. You get out right away. That's how you grow. That's the proper fumble of learning. It's a proper assessment of making mistakes that you're going to make as you grow and get better. Through any one of these exercises or anything you want to learn in your adult life, apply this to learning a language or dancing or learning an instrument, anything that you want to learn. You know, the, the scorekeeper distorts it so much. One of the ways it distorts it is even people who've been going along, they go along three months, oh, wow, I'm doing really well. I haven't had a reaction. I feel great, you know, or six months or a year, whenever they, they're like, oh, yeah, this is really, I'm happy. And then they invariably run into something, right? They have a reaction or some new thing happens in their life, and they're like, oh. and there's a setback. 
and they get angry again, or they go to fear, they feel insecurity they haven't felt in weeks or months, and they're like, oh, scorekeeper says they're back to zero, it's like all the effort they made failed, and they haven't learned anything, they haven't grown at all, you know, all, of it, all that effort was for nothing, because they're back where they started. Well, here's how that gets distorted. Here's, here's how that's misinterpreted. The scorekeeper is noticing typically what's the reaction or the emotion. Let's say you fall into anger or you fall into insecurity or fear. So look at the emotion. Well, it says the emotion is the thing you wanted to change, but because you're back in that emotion, it's the same emotion you had six months ago. Well, yeah, you're back in the same emotion, but you aren't the person you were six months ago. It's saying because you are in that emotion, nothing's changed. It ignores like, yeah, but I haven't had an emotional reaction like that in three weeks when it used to be like every other day, or I got myself out right away. It's kind of like if you were playing golf and you're a beginner golf player, and what do you do? You hit a lot of them out of bounds and you hit them in the bunker all the time because you don't have control over the ball. So in the beginning golf, you hit them in the bunker and you're like, okay, I'm in the bunker. That's normal. But let's say you play golf for six months and you get pretty good or a year, whatever it takes. Depends how often you play. And you hardly hit them in the bunker and you're hitting like, but you become a good golf player and then you hit one because it happens, you hit it in the bunker. Professionals hit them in the bunker. Are they now a failure? Are they a lousy golf player? Should they just quit? No. What you are is you're back in that emotional bunker. But you're not the same player. You have a completely different set of skill sets, okay? And you recover quickly, or you can. But if you just want to say, oh, I'm back in the bunker, this is just like when I was a beginner, and I and you go redream yourself as a beginner, and you imagine yourself the way you were in the same mindset a year ago, yeah, you're going to feel like the person you were a year ago, if you believe that story. You're going to live in that narrative, and you're going to feel like you haven't learned anything. But if you take your time and go, am I the same person? No. Do I have the same skill set? No. Do I handle reactions differently? Yes. Does my mind have different neural pathways? Yes. Okay, can I get out of the bunker faster? Yes. I just haven't been here in a while, so I forgot. You know, I went back to my mindset a year ago. Oh, but I'm not that person, and I have a different set of skills. Okay, let me get out of the bunker and move on. You see, that's why golfers don't measure their, their performance and their who wins a tournament based on a single shot. They play like four days. And then they decide who's the better golf player. And then they don't decide just on that tournament, right? They go play again the next week. And that doesn't decide who the best player is. They look at it over the course of a year. How are they doing over the course of a year? Think that golf player is going to decide how good a player is? Based on one shot, he's going to pick the one bunker shot and say, "I this is how good I am? So when you hit that emotion again, and you'll get different cycles of emotion, okay, there's that feeling, or there's that story, or there's that story, oh, I'm back where I started, none of this has done any good. When you hit that story, you're like, that's a bunker too. That's going, you hit the anger bunker, then the other one kicked in and says, oh, none of this worked, I'm a failure, I should just quit. It's like, no, that work didn't change anything. Now you're in the bunker about the bunker. Right? You're in two stories, anger and the failure. Get out of the bunker. 
Don't let the scorekeeper keep you in there. You don't have to because it's not the truth. Golfer doesn't measure his worth and value and based on a shot. And don't measure your worth on whether you got beat up by a story, the emotion you're in that day, or the emotion you're in that week. That's how the scorekeeper keeps score, and it's lying to you. It's not measuring reality of how we really grow. It's not giving you a real assessment of how to measure, which is measure over time. Measure the changes. Yes, there will be ups and downs, and you'll fall in the holes, and you'll see them, and you'll still fall in, and then you'll get out faster. As long as you don't put yourself in the bunker of measuring you the way the scorekeeper does. The scorekeeper in your head, not telling you the truth. Doesn't know how to measure. You don't need to go back to writing letters on a page. To knowing how to say something in a language. You hit one in the bunker, you don't have to go back and start at the first hole again to hit it perfectly. No, pick yourself up from where you are and continue on. Tee off the next round. Keep going. Keep hitting at the ball. Keep playing the game. You'll get better. Keep practicing. You'll get better. And you won't be in the bunker as long. You won't be in that hole very long. You'll get out faster. You'll learn to see it before you fall in. You'll walk around. And you'll take different roads. Your brain will build new neural pathways. You'll have different emotional responses to the same stimulus. And you'll laugh a lot more. And that's how things will change. That's how you measure progress based in reality. Not the way your mind distorts it with that judge and scorekeeper. Hope this helps. This is Gary Van Warmerdam from PathwayToHappiness.com. The little advice on how to navigate this self-mastery course and change in your life.